The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. Welcome, Raider Nation, battered and bruised, but we're still here. Welcome to the Raider Nation podcast, and I'm your host, Raider Greg, and this will be show 110. And I don't know why, but show 100 was kind of like this one. It was a post-game show for our last beatdown. And, uh, well, this isn't a beatdown because we certainly didn't get beat to death, but uh, it was an ugly game. It was so ugly, it was entertaining. Before I get into that, let us dive into the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Oak Town. Oh, don't you know? Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Oak Town. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down Millery Lane. All right, Raider fans, today's show, of course, is the post-mortem for the Seattle Sea Chicken game. We have, of course, the highlight of the game, Tyler Brayton's move against Jeremy Stevens. Uh, and also an article that I wrote here, is Al Davis still alive? We'll go to our comment section. And, of course, before we go any further, I have to have some shouts out. I want to have some shouts out to my son, James Luzeo, recent birthday. I have to say happy birthday, James. Also, the Tornay Brothers. I call them the Tornado Brothers. Uh, and also, Ellie. They all play on the Annalee Tigers football team, JV. And I must say this, and I will say it now, that their offense is much better than the Raider offense any day of the week. So, shouts out to you guys. Okay, so here we go. I have to dive into it because I can't hold back any longer. It took me a while to get this podcast together. I must tell you, Raider Nation, that I was bummed out. I was depressed. And for this reason, really, specifically, I knew that we had an opportunity to win. I certainly knew we had a chance to win, especially with the scores you see at 16-0. to zero. We had an opportunity to win this game. But if we had lost the game, fighting, fighting hard, doing the right thing, would have been one story. But the buffoonery on the offensive side of the ball, and specifically... With the calling, the play calling, and the preparation for this game, I was flipped out, depressed. I couldn't do a podcast. I just didn't do it yesterday. I couldn't do it. So I'm here today, and we're getting it done. But I feel you, Raider Nation, because I'm right there with you. So let's get into this mess, because it's something, boy. It's it's It was a hell of an entertaining game, because it was so full of dysfunctional moves that um, it made it entertaining. I mean, everything you thought could possibly go wrong, well, guess what? It did. It was like Halloween out there. And I don't mean because of the festival, uh, because of the uh, Raider Nation. It was Halloween out there because of the spooky, spooky weird things that were going on in the game. Let's go over the game, shall we? Of course, we are defeated. Uh, but you know, I'll tell you what. When I start talking about this game in the beginning, in the pregame, I told you these assholes are a bunch of punks. The Sea Chickens are punks. They're trying to be all that in a bag of chips. They're trying to be all that, and the big, bad sea chickens are out there. You know what? They're a flash in the pan. They're a has-been team that's has-been no place. Where are your rings? What's happening with that? 
as Colorado Chris would say, hey, can I get a Super Bowl t-shirt from you guys? Ha! Right back at you. Uh, that's for any of the Sea Chicken fans that are listening right now. So let's go to the football game, shall we? Because I couldn't wait for this game to start, and the Raiders came out so flat that you could have water skied over all their backs. It was so flat and still that I wasn't sure if it was wind was blowing or not. And the first half was a frickin' throw fest. Now, note to Tom, broke back Idaho Mayor Walsh, flipping flapjacks out of his butt crack. Here's a note to you, bonehead. When the winds are 20 to 45 mile an hour gust and it's raining, it's not time to go pass happy, idiot. Sorry, had a tangent on that. Okay, the Sea Hags were rated 28th in the league in pass defense. That's wonderful on a nice crisp night or a beautiful fall afternoon, but it doesn't work well in the blistering rain of the Seattle area along with the gusty winds right off the water. Sorry, Tom, you probably haven't been there enough. It's not that way in Idaho. It just snows there. Okay, now since they had the 27th, 28th ranked uh, pass defense, Mr. Flapjack decided to go all out, pounding the doggone ball, 21 passes in the first half. Seven were complete, thank goodness, because the receivers, unlike Randy Moss, who dropped the ball several times, Anderson, I could go down the list. Yes, it was inclement weather. You know what? Pay me $4 million a year, and I'll catch the frickin' ball. I'll catch it in my asshole if I have to. But this guy, the professional, especially that that the pass where he fell out of bounds, he had both feet inbounds, and it looked like he just let the ball go. Randy, what the hell is wrong with you? I think he needs a CT scan of his melon. Be quite honest. Anyways, to continue, six six out of 21 were incomplete. And, of course, lovely, seven sacks and one fumble. And here's the highlight of the game. We ran the ball four times for 10 yards. Let me say that again. Four times for 10 yards. It doesn't take a brain surgeon or a rocket scientist to figure out that this is a football team that is supposed to be based on the running game quote-unquote art shell we will run the ball we will pound the ball we will downhill run the ball not happening didn't happen was blatantly absent and post-game interview where the first words out of his mouth is yes we should have run the ball more and let me get into that in just a moment because i have a tirade on that one Third quarter, 11 passes, six incomplete, one sack. At the end of the third quarter, Jordan finally busted out with a 32-yard run, and it sparked a movement. Crockett, Fargus got in there. We started moving the ball. There was rhythm. Then we threw the ball, and I thought, okay, well, we can go back to the run and get another first down. Negative. Six more passes ensued. Yes, and the result was blatantly obvious. Once again, the king of the flapjacks, Mr. Scarecrow, man without a brain, himself. Oh, I'm a 
failure because I haven't got a brain. Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... Once again, called one of the worst games I've ever seen in the history of sports. And I will tell you, ESPN, all the other pundits, pundits, my wife corrects me all the time, that were out there choking us up, beating us, spitting on us. You know, we had Joe Theismann in there. And who is this other idiot? Tony Cornholer. Please, what sport did that guy play? Did he play jacks as a kid? He looked like he was a chess champion. What the hell is he doing in a sports booth? I can't understand it. This guy's like a Klingon on your ass. He rode the ass all the way up the, the ranks, writing little tidbits about sports people, and here he is. Boom. Cornholer. I cannot freaking stand that guy. And if they fired him today, it would be too late. They should have fired him the first show. The worst commentator in Monday Night Football history, this guy is. Giving little medals out during the game. All they could were talking. They had Christian Slater in there talking about his movies. I didn't give a shit about his movies. I didn't give a shit about Cornholer. I wanted to watch football, and if we weren't watching football, why weren't we talking frickin' football? ESPN has lost the Monday Night crew. They've lost the Monday Night magic. Monday Night Football is as bad as the Raiders' offense. How about that, ESPN? You guys suck. It's blatantly obvious there is no team that likes their games to be played on Monday night because they have to listen to these three idiots. Looks like the three monkeys. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. However, their mouths are going a mile a minute about everything except frickin' football. Okay, now that I got off that off my chest, let me go on with the rest of the debacle that we went through on that game. Now, nine sacks altogether. Unfreaking believable. Nine sacks, I can blame some of that on the offensive line. Yes, there's a lot of blame to go around on the line, but you can't hold back the defense for 10 freaking minutes. I counted. I saw the seven step drop, I saw the three step drop. But when you have a three step drop and you got a receiver that has to run 20 yards, it takes a little while for that guy to get there. The offensive line was not doing well in the pass protection, but they were doing great, pretty good in the run run game. So what do you do? You don't run the ball anymore. You get a little success, and then you say, forget it. We got to go to the pass. This idiot has got to go. Clamoring for Tom Walsh's head, everybody. There's not the enemies are, the haters are, the Raider fans are. Who the hell has not heard we want his head. Al Davis hasn't heard it. That's who hasn't heard it. Let me continue with the game. We had some certainly uh, interesting things happening. Our special teams played pretty well. Um, the coverage team was good. Carl only had two carries for 22 yards. Uh, our field position wasn't very good, but that was a lot of the wind. The wind was bad. Leckler had a tough day because... It was bad. Bad wind, bad kicks. It's not something surprising. It's not something that just happened this game. It's not because the Raiders are the worst team in football or the history of sports. It's because the weather sucked. Okay. 
I can't believe the Raiders fizzled in the drizzle. I can't believe that that Ryan, Rob Ryan, okay, was whispering sweet nothings into the referee's ear after a poor play, poor penalty was called, and he gets flagged for the personal foul, technical foul. What the freak ever. How many coaches have gone over that line? How many times have you seen other coaches go out that line and chew out the referee left and right? But, of course, we're talking the Oakland Raiders, the worst team in the history of sports. Please spare me. You know what? I'll tell you what. They are talking a lot of shit about the Oakland Raiders. They don't talk any shit about the Lions. I think that's probably a good thing that they're still talking about the Raiders because when they talk about the Lions... Eh, it's just the Lions. What are you going to do? They always lose. The Cardinals? Ah, it's the Cardinals. They always lose. The Raiders? The Raiders aren't supposed to lose. That's why the the ESPN and all those mediots, as we like to say, with all their glorified opinion bullshit, love to pounce on the Raiders because they know we are champions and they know that we should be producing. But since we aren't, where they're just beating the dead horse into the bone, as one of my listeners likes to say. So let's go on. Uh, Coach Ryan got hit with a 15-yard penalty, which didn't help us out very much. Of course, we got Tardell Sands that was flagged for saying something. You can't talk now when the other team is calling their numbers because it's called disrupting signs or signals. And my history of sports... I have never seen the play called except for in high school. I've never seen that called in college. I've never seen it called ever. So I don't understand what the hell that is, but it was a very nice tidbit for the Seattle Sea Chickens, and it took us out of the game, took us out of, a, out, of, out of at least some kind of movement, which flipped me out, of course. And, of course, the highlight, my special highlight of the game, I thought was really cool, was Tyler Brayton ejected for kicking a guy, Jeremy Stevens, in his package shortly after Jeremy Stevens cheap shot at him and his package. So, now what are you going to say about that? Did ESPN say anything about that? No. It was instantly right to suspension. Four games. Four games minimum. I was just blown away about how they wanted to take Tyler Brighton and cut his hands off because he hit somebody in the groin. And it's not classically him. Me being a Raider fan and you being a Raider fan know that Tyler Brighton is not that kind of a guy. I've never seen anything like this on the field from him. I've never seen anything like that in his character, and I've been watching him since he's been a Raider. But, of course, when you go say something that's like that, the media always says, well, that's the kind of guy he must be. Look at what he did. You think the guy stole somebody's baby for crying out loud. You think he shot somebody. Oh, you know, the guy did something that was a reaction to the cheap shot. Jeremy frickin' Steven, that punk-ass biatch who'd been cheap-shotting all day long. Jeremy got a 15-yard penalty for giving a Stewie uh, a push and Stewie after a play already. So they don't see the matchup. They don't see the troublemaker still making trouble. They have to hit Tyler Brayton. They should have ejected both players because it had to do with that other asshole, that punk-ass biatch, Jeremy Stevens. Screw the sea chickens. I cannot wait until we can play their ass again 
when we're back on top, when we have some momentum and we can go up there and kick the shit out of them and leave them wondering what the hell happened. What was that silver and black eye we just got? I can tell you right now. Now, let us go on to the next part of the story, which I want to talk about. Tom Walsh. Tom Walsh has been second-guessed by every Raider fan that I know. The play calling, the ridiculous play calling, the juvenile, and I love this word, the pedestrian offense that we have. Absolutely childlike and sparks of high school and college football, junior college, that is. This character does not believe to need to keep his job. Three other offensive coordinators with much better records and much finer offenses had been let go this season. Why, oh why, is Tom Walsh still here? The mayor of Brokeback, Idaho, strikes again. His inept calling, his inability to change plays in the second half, his inability to adjust the team to different conditions is blatantly obvious. The game has passed him by. The game of football is no longer in his loin. What's in his loin is a veal loin that he's preparing with mint julep sauce and, of course, some some spring potatoes. Whatever. Go flip some flapjacks out of your butt crack, you geek. Because I cannot even say it enough. I say it on every podcast. And that leads me to this. I had to let, get that off my chest. Is Al Davis still alive? That's his story right now. Is Al Davis still alive? I don't see, say that to be disrespectful. First of all, let me say that right now because I love Al Davis. I've always liked Al Davis. I've always not liked what he's done, but I've always loved him for what he's done with this team and this franchise and the organization. The heart and soul of the NFL started with Al Davis. The first pump of blood into the NFL was through his veins. And I will say this. I respect the man. Like I said, I don't always agree with what he does, but I respect the man. Now, in seasons past, when things have been bad, and I remember not as bad as this since 1964, Al Davis, the leader of the nation, the leader of the Raider Nation, would come out on TV and have a press conference to state something like this. We will right the ship. We will get things better. The Raiders are not going to be the laughing stock. I understand there will be some changes and things will happen. And then things did. We haven't heard that from him. Now all the speculation before the season started about Al Davis stepping down, giving the team to Amy Trask and Art Shell, having his son run some of the promotional things, that whole thing I did a podcast on earlier. My fear here is, Raider Nation, that Al has suffered some type of debilitating situation. That's nothing I've heard. It's not something that I've seen. It's nothing that I witnessed firsthand as far as Knowing that it happened for sure, this is only strictly speculation. 
However, this man, filled with pride, I can hardly believe that he can hold his tongue after such an abysmal start to this season. With all the money that he's spending, time and energy that he puts into this game, I can hardly imagine that he's even close to being happy first. Second of all, I can't imagine he's not calling people to task for doing such a poor job with his organization. I can only think that the only reason he hasn't said anything is perhaps he can't. That would be so sad. It would be very, very sad, of course, for anyone to lose the capability of fighting back, and especially for someone who's fought so long and hard over the years. Al Davis might have had a cerebral accident. He might have had a stroke. We don't know. They certainly put the, the cameras on him as close as they can every time they see him. Maybe that's the point. Maybe he's like Howard Hughes now. Maybe we won't see him ever again. They say he's like a puff of smoke. You can smell his cologne, but he's never there. It's like he's always just around the corner, which leads me to believe that maybe the transition has already occurred. Maybe Art Shell is the man. Maybe Amy Trask has taken over 100%. Perhaps his son is running the marketing, and no one has acknowledged the fact because of the way the Raiders has been run to this point. All I can say is, please, Al, Please, if anyone that's even close to even knowing Al Davis, here's my podcast. I beg and plead with you to talk to Al Davis. Tell him the woes of the Raider Nation. Give them our concerns, because I'm sure that the thousands of hundreds of thousands of emails that I'm sure that are going to Alameda, the Raiders facility, regarding Tom Walsh and Art Shell, are lying on deaf ears. I don't think that he's involved like he should be or he was, and I believe that he's let the team go into Art Shell's hands, which leads me to the next thing. Before I move on, I want to say, Al Davis, we love you, baby. Get better if that's the situation. If not, I look forward to hearing from you very, very soon about the firing of Tom Walsh. When Art Shell took over this team, I had great hopes. And my hopes were dashed when he hired the bonehead from Idaho. Yes, the scarecrow himself, the man without a brain, Tom Walsh. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Everything seemed to be going so well. The season seemed to be progressing well. The drafts were decent, and Art had a plan. Accountability, he said. Art said, we will show people, make people accountable for what they do. We will make people accountable for what they're supposed to do on the field and accountable what they do here. It's all about the respect. It's all about the playing. It's all about the coaching. It's all about the accountability. Where is Art Shell's accountability? I like Art Shell. You've heard me before say it. But the whole idea that Art Shell sits there and nearly cries in this last press conference pisses me off. And I don't know about you, Raider fans. I hope you weren't lulled into the old poor poor Art Shell bullshit because my wife was, and I had to erupt in anger. Don't give me poor Art Shell. Poor Art Shell's making plenty of dough. Poor Art Shell. Poor Art Shell my ass. Where's his accountability? Accountability for the players? How about accountability for the coaches? How about accountability for Tom Walsh, the man he instilled in the offense? Does he think that this offense has an, a possibility of making it happen? I can hardly believe that he's 
held accountable for these bonehead moves. Shell himself said after this game that we didn't run the ball enough. Well, whose freaking responsibility is that? Art, it is yours. And your whole pity party is not going to be filled up. Trust me, I ain't going. Send me an invitation. I ain't going. And I ain't buying it. I ain't buying the fact that you're depressed. Boo-hoo. You know what? The entire Raider Nation's freaking depressed. And as far as your, oh, well, we're trying, the guys are working hard, we have to go back and work hard, you're sounding a whole lot like Nor Turner. There's no substance in the way you say things. Matter of fact, some of your comments are downright stupid. One, we run the ball, he takes his seven-step drop, and he gets sacked. Something's going on here. No shit, genius. Something's going on. You're not calling the right plays for this team. You do not set up the team for success. This team was set up for failure from the very beginning, which leads me to believe that Jerry Porter, once again, I must say, might be the smartest one in the whole team or the locker room. Randy Moss is on the way out, too. I guarantee you that he will be traded within the next six months. I don't believe that he will be here past February unless they can work some kind of sweetheart deal with that guy. I'm sure he wouldn't mind getting paid for sitting on his ass and dropping balls for the next three seasons and not have to worry about getting hit. The unbelievable, unbelievable coaching that's going on in the Oakland Raiders is what makes it the laughingstock of sports. And Art Shell, here's from Raider Nation podcast. Stand up, take your medicine, get pissed off at these guys, stop coddling them, make them accountable for doing their job, stop treating them like your sons and daughters, and make this team start playing some freaking football. Because quite honestly, as a fan who pays for tickets, I'm goddamn tired of it. <sighs> Sorry. <clears throat> Let me go on with the game. I, I told you about the offensive production, but I really didn't say anything about the defense. Defense played with heart. Defense played big-time heart. The first quarter, they were a little bit off off kilter because of the rain, perhaps the conditions, they weren't ready. Um, they did the majority of points, of course, were scored in the first quarter. After that, the defense shut them down. The score could have easily been 40-50 to nothing. The Raiders' defense held up big. They made big plays. Burgess, a Warren Sapp's playing like he's 25 years old. He was all over the place. Um, Tommy Kelly is another one who made his presence known. Our defense played very, very good ball. Seneca Wallace got to the outside, like I said, and he had some wheels and made some great runs. But still, the defense held. Three and out happened quite a bit for the Seahawks. And Holgren, Holmgren, our big fat daddy, as I like to call him, he was stressed out. He thought at any moment the Raiders could come back and win, just like he said before. That's pretty funny if you look at it. There's no way that this offense could get a fucking point out of a paper bag. Pardon my French. The defense and special teams played very well. I am happy with both those things. I know that they play as a team. And in our shell, of course, said that the defense, it's all one locker room. The defense and the offense, they're all one team. That's bullshit. Art, don't blow smoke up my ass. I'm a fireman. I can tell where the fire's coming from, and it ain't coming from there. Let me tell you right now, do not blow smoke. 
The defense is pissed off at the offense, and I bet you there's very little dialogue other than get your shit together over there because we're tired of holding your ass up, right? I guarantee you the defense is playing with heart. The offense is playing willfully bad. And here's why. Go figure. Lamont Jordan and Justin Fargus come out in the press. Here we go. Here's the... Here's what happens when teams start to lose. You start to see exactly what's going on in there. So the locker room door is opening to the Raider Nation. Lamont Jordan, Justin Fargus, I can't understand why we didn't run the ball more. Well, no kidding. Rainy situation, windy situation, what's your best call? 99% of the time, teams run the football, especially if they have a decent running game. Our running game is not the best. However, it can be the best if you give the guys an opportunity to run the ball in the rain. It makes a big difference. Why do you think teams do it all the time? I remember that time we played Kansas City, four hours solid rain, and we had... Wheatley and Garner ran the ball all day long and sent Kansas City home with a big goose egg, 24-0 Oakland Raiders victory on our way to the Super Bowl. You just have to know, and I can't believe me and all all of you, because I've been looking at all the fan uh, forums, and I can't believe how many people are calling for this guy's head, which they should be, the mayor of Brokeback, Idaho in his own private Idaho, because he's certainly not reading the doggone press reports, Tom Walsh. I would dance and be merry, life would be a ding a dairy if I only had a brain. Okay, Warren Sapp also popped off and said a little bit about the coaching, a little bit about the schemes. Jordan said a little bit about the coaching, a little bit about the scheme. Not a jab, a stake to the heart. If you're offensive line, boy, this sure reminds me a lot of 1994. If anybody was there, I remember. Do you? Do you remember the debacle of Timmy Brown throwing his arms up, pissed off, screaming at at Tom Walsh on the sideline? That's why Tom is up in the – he loves it. Tom loves it. Tom Walsh is up in his secured room. He probably has a guard outside the door because he's afraid the Raider Nation would bust in and hang him from the third deck. Sounds like a good idea. But this guy is untouchable. The teams can't the team members can't get to him, can't talk to him. It's all over the phone. And I'll tell you right now, Tim Brown and Haas the boss hated this mofo, and I'll tell you right now, you can see why. I can see why, because I hate this son of a bitch right now so much I can hardly take it. And if I saw him laying on the sidewalk, well, I might throw him an old half a can of uh, a beer <laughs> after I drank half of it. That's where he needs to go. Tom Walsh to the gutter. I'm sorry I'm a little harsh on this guy, but I don't give a shit. This guy needs it, and he's going to get it. He's going to get every bit of it for me because I'm just tired. I'm tired of losing, just like the rest of the nation. We're all tired of losing, aren't you? We're all tired of losing because we can all see why it's happening. It's happening because our offensive coordinator is an idiot. Like I said, three guys, three guys let go. Jordan said, and I quote, we need to open things up. (laughs) We need to commit ourselves to the run like we said at the beginning of the season. No doubt. 
Aaron Brooks has been pummeled. Andrew Walters has been pummeled. 44 sacks this season. It is an absolute unbelievable, unbelievable number. This is the worst team in Raider history. And if you don't think we need to make some changes right now, then I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you this. The locker room is now falling apart officially. The offense and the defense are officially going in opposite directions. Defense is going great. The offense is fading. Now, I know that it sounds depressing, and I don't mean to be all depressed because we do have the Denver Doncos coming to town. we got New York Tommy Raider coming to town. We're really happy about that. I can't wait to see you. The, the best part and highlight of the game is going to be, of course, it's going to be the tailgate um, because I quite honestly can't see us beating Denver. I can't see us beating Denver at home even though we have this slight possibility we don't have a slight possibility. We have no brain. We have no head. We have no plan. Art Shell can't call his own offense. What coach can't call their own offense? What good coach doesn't know offensive schemes and be able to pick out bad ones from good ones? Is Coach Shell just a cheerleader? Is the 340-pound cheerleader on the sidelines? Is that what he is? They should cut his pay. He should cut his pay because he's not earning his doggone money. Uh, he's not making it happen. The uh, the accountability question goes right to Art Shell, and I hate to beat a dead horse because I'm gonna. I'm gonna because I'm pissed. I'm gonna because you guys in the Raider Nation are telling me exactly what you think, and it sounds very familiar to me. The tone is, we need new management from the top down. We need to hire a real GM to overlook the whole program start from the very beginning someone that's hard-nosed and hard-nosed about football someone compassionate about the victory not just some guy from MIT we need somebody who is a raider from the organization that's not afraid to make a decision and kick some ass and fire some people so that the rest of the crew knows that it's not just a good old boy club and we can all hang out here and make money while the team flounders in the NFL and becomes a laughing stock of the league. We need a GM. Amy Trask is a great attorney. She is the Princess of Darkness. But we need more than the Princess of Darkness. We need an organizer who understands football, football players, contracts for players, etc., etc. When we lost Bruce Allen, we lost a lot of stuff. The team has gone steadily downhill since the loss of our GM. Without him... Uh, things have gone woefully to the south. Wild Davis, where are you? Okay, let's go to the Raider Nation Podcast Comments Forum section. You guys came in huge. I mean... There's so many great comments here. Please read the comments section for the Raider Nation podcast. Um, <laughs> I can go on and on and on, but it's just unbelievable the things that you guys are saying about this game and this team. 
Raider Mike says, game. The announcers are talking smack about the Raiders because they deserve to have shit talk about them. They're the laughing stock of the NFL offenses. I really can't believe this shit is happening as and lasting as long as it has. Raider Mike, I totally agree. I've been saying it. I just said it on this podcast. Alex Fee says, Tom Walsh has to go. Uh, Andrew Walter's not the guy. Tom Gallery, which, of course, is not Tom Gallery. Um, it's Robert Gallery, but Tom Walsh and Robert Gallery both need to hit the road because Gallery can't block his way out of a paper sack and Walsh can't coach his way out of a paper bag. Okay, here we go. The preacher comes in. This is a new low to go from the Kings of Monday night to only a team, the only team in football history to lose twice on Monday in one season with zeros, zeros, blanked. We feel sorry about the def- for the defense because the offense hasn't showed up. Feel sorry for Andrew Walter for being sacked nine times. Feel sorry for the member of the coaching staff except for Walsh and Shell because I'm telling you right now. He feels sorry for Shell who wanted to right the ship, but he's been betrayed by his buddy. Um, and he feels sorry for Al for paying for all this. I feel sorry for Al too because I don't think he can do anything about it. He don't feel sorry about the 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 receivers that should have caught passes like Randy. I'm a freaking idiot, Moss. And I'm not going to go on anymore because it's just <laughs> it's just so obvious. And here's one from Raider Rick. I smelled sweet victory when the game started, but it came out flat, flat as a pancake. A pancake flipped out of Tom Walsh's butt crack, I say. So he goes on, Raider Rick goes on to say, um, not one field goal in the whole Monday night game. I can't even believe we can't even make enough to make a field goal. Hey, man, you know what? <laughs> Got to read Raider Rick's Tokai Japan Outpost. Robert Moorhead, my brother from across the way, man, way across the way, across the other side of the world. It's time to fire Tom Wall. She said this before. I don't want to beat a dead horse. If the Raiders' offensive horse has been beat so much that he's left no meat on the bones, that's for sure. But he has to disagree with my plan to stick with Walsh, which was my plan, and I agree. But I can't see it now. You're absolutely right. I thought Tom Walsh could middle and muddle his way through the season, and at least we pick up a couple more victories. It is blatantly obvious, uh, Robert, that you are correct, that I don't give a shit who they put in there. Shoop, whoever, I could care less. Put in the janitor. Somebody has to be calling better plays than this idiot, and you're right. We should fire him right now to bring some continuity and confidence back in the Raiders organization. The team would see a change. There would be something positive to talk about and at least somewhere to look forward to. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. The old man's not capable, and Art Shell is just, well, I'll tell you, he's a pussy. I want to tell you right now, the bravest man on the field, yes, I know, I've said it, and I, I, can't, I can't tell you, but I'm telling you, um, he just can't man up and fire this guy. Why? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, if it was my job, I'd certainly fire him because he's not going to have a job at the end of the season unless, like I said, the transition was made. CNY Raider fan comes in, how does he still have a job? Yes, he's talking about the idiot Tom Walsh, um, the amount of three and outs that we've had, the three and longs that we've had. Um, good one to read. 
the preacher came in with his, uh, uh, excuse me, the dingo ate my baby, Raiders game versus the Sea Chickens, and he has it all graded out. A lot of Fs, very few other than F on this one. Mike Lowry, Raider 8, number 18, PSL, the worst. The worst display of an offense that I have ever seen. I can't believe that Al Davis is in love with this offense that his team is putting on the field. It's a freaking joke. Archdale standing around like his dumb look after every screw-up, like he doesn't know what the problem is, and he's still trying to figure it out after the doggone game. Frustration reigns in the Raider Nation. Here comes German Raider. What about Rich Gannon being our offensive coordinator? I say go for it. If Rich Gannon would come back here and coach this offense, I would love it. But that's not Art Shell's game. Art Shell is the long ball guy just like this idiot, the scarecrow, the man without a brain. Mad Raider 32, of course, he's talking about he thought the bad years was 97, 03, 04, and 05, um, and it hasn't. You thought it would get any worse? Well, it does get worse. It gets way worse. He talks about fire Tom Walsh from Brokeback, Idaho. I agree. Colorado Chris comes in with a funny one here. I like it. Monday Night Football Report, his take. First of all, after growing up in the Northwest, I forgot how much it rains. Brutal, he says. Pre-game, standing in the tunnel, watching the Raider players walk in and out two hours before game time. Lamont Jordan, class act. Porter, never once even acknowledged the Raider Nation. Classless. Porter, you're a punk. Raider Nation was everywhere. It was great to see hearing Raider chants from the stands. It gave him goosebumps. Brian Bosworth at the game. What a pussy. Bo knows Brian. You betcha. Bo pushed Brian right through the end zone for his way to a victory. Game time. What can you say? My word of the week is brutal. How far we have fallen. High of the night. Brayton. Screw Stevens. And as Sap said, he's a punk. Back to my highlight. Walking through the team stores after the game and asking the retail fags if there were any Super Bowl champion shirts left. Priceless. Yes, we lost. We lost big, and our team has, and our team will never forget. We have a history. Teams like Seattle are flash in the pan, and they're non-factor teams. We can be proud, but how can they be proud to be in the NFC West? Tommy, you better bring it hard on Sunday. I'm at home now in Colorado, and my liver is poached. I'm out. Colorado Chris, you got to get with us, brother. You got to tailgate with us, and that goes with any of you Raider fans that come to the Coliseum. Please get a hold of RaiderNationPodcast.com, uh, Raider Greg at RaiderNationPodcast.com, and we will get together because we got to drown our sorrows. The Boogie Monster comes in with Election Day, make a change. He's talking about making a change, of course. The Democrats kick some Azulito and. Then, of course, he's talking about making a change in the Raider Nation. That's a great analogy. I like it. Uh, Raider Paul comes in. Broke back Idaho's finest mare strikes again. The douchebag. Yes, he talks about a course. Uh, this is Tom Walsh's last stand, baby. Nobody likes that mofo. Uh, Raider Paul, of course, the props for the defense. 
week in and week out, they come and they bring it. And I I agree with you. And, of course, the preacher came in with what I told you earlier, that Tyler Brayton was cheap-shotted way before because he saw it in the films and deserved, Jeremy Stevens deserved to get his ass kicked. And it's unfortunate that he didn't leave a spleen on the field. Tyler Brayton should have kicked his ass even more um, than he did. Tyler Brayton, of course, apologized to the team. He put his family in there, too. He's ashamed. And, uh, you know, I always liked Tyler Brayden. He's a class act. He's a class act. I don't give a shit about what anybody says. The man is a class act. Well, I'll be coming into, of course, the pregame for the Denver game here in the next day or so. Raider fans, stand by, because I will have some news. We'll see what happens. Donald Frunsfeld quit today. Who knows? Maybe Tom Walsh will be fired tomorrow. It would be a beautiful thing. Well, my voice is gone, but my hope is not gone. I love this team. And when the media says, shame on the Raider Nation for, for, for staying with their team, shame on the Raider Nation, hey, you know what? Fuck them. I'm going to tell you, I'm getting emotional. Fuck the media when they say shame on the Raider Nation. Because I'll tell you what, I'll never be ashamed of being a fan of the Raiders. I will be a Raider for the very end of my life. I'll tell you right now. But it's not my fault the team's jacked up. And you know what? If you, Those guys on the offense should be ashamed. But don't you be a shame, Raider fan. You wear your shit proudly. I do every freaking day. I don't care what people say. Your team sucks, whatever. That's what the Raider fan does. He doesn't hide in the closet like the 49er fan or the Lions fan or the Bengals fan or all those other pretend fans like the Patriots fan. When they start to lose, they'll be jumping ships so fast. Holy mackerel. You could have a rat sail on that one. Anyway, I heard, I'm sorry I got on a tangent. It's a long podcast and Rand's going to be pissed. So this is Raider Greg. I am down, but I am not out. But on this podcast, finally, I am.